New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. This is Ben Curtis, campus pastor at our Buchanan location, and today I'm going to be reading from Exodus 10, verses 1 through 20 from the New International Version. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, so that I may perform these signs of mine among them, that you may tell your children and grandchildren how I dealt harshly with the Egyptians and how I performed my signs among them, and that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may worship me. If you refuse to let them go, I will bring locusts into your country tomorrow. They will cover the face of the ground so that it cannot be seen. They will devour what little you have left after the hail, including every tree that is growing in your fields. They will fill your houses and those of all of your officials and all of the Egyptians, something neither your parents nor your ancestors have ever seen from the day they settled in this land till now. Then Moses turned and left Pharaoh. Pharaoh's officials said to him, How long would this man be a snare to us? Let the people go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Do you not yet realize that Egypt is ruined? Then Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go worship the Lord your God, he said, but tell me who will be going. Moses answered, We will go with our young and our old, with our sons and our daughters, and with our flocks and our herds, because we are to celebrate a festival to the Lord. Pharaoh said, The Lord be with you. If I let you go, along with your women and children, clearly you are bent on evil. No. Have only the men go and worship the Lord, since that's what you've been asking for. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over Egypt, so that locusts swarm over the land and devour everything growing in the fields, everything left by the hell. So Moses stretched out his staff over Egypt, and the Lord made an east wind blow across the land all that day and all that night. By morning the wind had brought the locust. They invaded all Egypt and settled down in every area of the country in great numbers. Never before had there been such a plague of locusts, nor will there ever be again. They covered all of the ground until it was black. They devoured all that was left after the hail, everything growing in the fields and the fruit on the trees. Nothing green remained on tree or plant in all of the land of Egypt. Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now forgive my sin once more and pray to the Lord your God to take this deadly plague away from me. Moses then left Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord. And the Lord changed the wind to a very strong west wind, which caught up the locust and carried them into the Red Sea. Not a locust was left anywhere in Egypt, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go. So today we come to the eighth of ten plagues. 
In the first two verses, Moses wants us to understand the significance of what is happening in this book. Back in chapter 7, he explained that the purpose of the plagues was so that Egypt would know that he is the Lord. But here he explains to us that he also wants future generations of Israelites to also know that he is the Lord. God had already told Moses that in spite of his clear words, in spite of the signs performed, that Pharaoh was not going to let Israel go unless he was compelled by a mighty hand. And why is that? Well, there's a simple answer because just like you and me and everyone else, Pharaoh was born with a sinful, rebellious heart that just does not want to submit to God. You know, it's mentioned twice in this passage. A lot of people will read that phrase where it says that God hardens Pharaoh's heart and they say, that's not fair. But I want you to think about that for a minute. What you're actually saying is that Pharaoh is like this blank slate and you know, just sort of this innocent bystander, that he actually had a soft heart and a submissive heart, but then God, the big meanie, comes along and hardens his heart against his will. But I, I don't think that's what's happening. You know, If you take everything the Bible has to say about the heart of man, I think here's a better understanding. From the time that he was born, Pharaoh was rebellious and sinful, just like every one of us. He doesn't want to submit to God. So at this point, Egypt has been ravaged by these seven plagues. The seventh plague had wiped out much of the vegetation and the crops. And so now this threat of locust, if they come and eat what is left, Egypt will be in a time of famine, even maybe facing starvation. And because things are starting to get so serious, there's actually now a disagreement among Pharaoh's leaders. You know, they're like, Pharaoh, you've lost your mind. You're destroying the land. You're destroying the people uh, right before our eyes. So beginning in verse 11, here's what I'd like to do. I want to just kind of point out a couple of potential stumbling blocks in our obedience because I think because you're listening to this podcast, you want to have a soft heart toward the Lord. You want to be responsive to the the Word of God. But so often, if you're like me, uh, we tend to be stubborn. We tend to be proud. We tend to resist uh, what God wants for us. And when we are created new in Jesus, He now gives us the power to obey, the desire to obey. And so a couple of things as we continue to to walk with the Lord that we want to watch out for, uh, this is a potential stumbling block to our obedience. The first one is compromise. You know, Moses and Aaron, they go to Pharaoh and they tell him that God says, let the people go and sacrifice to them, to him. But each time, if you notice, Pharaoh actually offers a compromise on what God has commanded. In the fourth plague, if if you look back when God sent the flies, Pharaoh actually compromised. He offered to let the people go and he says, they can sacrifice here in the land of Egypt. And, you know, think about, from the standpoint of Moses and Aaron, think about how tempting that may have been for them uh, because they may have heard that. I mean, here they are standing before the most powerful guy on the, on the planet, and they're, they're asking him not once, not twice, but ten times. They're going to him and basically commanding him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. They're thinking, man, at any moment, this guy's going to have enough of us and kill us. So, you know, Pharaoh says, hey, you can go sacrifice. Just stay here in the land of Egypt. And... It might have been tempting. They may have thought, well, what's the big deal? God wants to be worshipped. That's the main idea, isn't it? So why don't we just compromise and worship him here inside of Egypt? Another example in this passage, the eighth plague, when God sends the locust, if you notice, uh, Pharaoh offers to let only the men go 
outside into the wilderness and, and to sacrifice. And so Moses and Aaron, again, uh, Pharaoh gave this compromise, and, and Moses and Aaron may, may have been tempted to think, well, you know, the men, after all, they're the head of the household, so maybe, maybe God will count their worship as worship for everyone. And then in the ninth plague, when God will cause darkness to cover the land, again, Pharaoh offers to let everyone go, but he says this, you must leave your animals behind. Moses and Aaron might think, well, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Surely he can give us animals to sacrifice from somewhere else. But see, the problem is, if they accepted any of these compromises, they would have been disobedient to God's clear word. God's command to Pharaoh was to let all the people go, including the animals, so that they could offer a sacrifice and worship him. But Pharaoh rejects God's command time after time after time. And you know, as we think about our lives, you and I are faced with a variety of temptations every single day when it comes to obeying the Word of God. Every one of us is tempted at times to compromise. We're tempted to compromise in our relationships. We're tempted to compromise in our commitment to God. The gospel oftentimes becomes um, grace plus work, so we're tempted to compromise the gospel compromise, here's the reality, compromise is a stumbling block to our obedience and it can hinder our joy and it can hinder our peace with God. So my first challenge to you today is think about your life. Are there any areas where you've allowed compromise to creep in? I want to point out one more thing I think I have time for. The second potential stumbling block that I see in this passage on the road to obedience is verses 16 through 17. Pharaoh actually admits that he has sinned against God, that he and his people are in the wrong. He even asks for forgiveness and promises that if God will take away the hell and the locusts, that he will let God's people go. Well, that's all good, right? I mean, so what's the problem? Well, Pharaoh's sorrow for his sin is actually a worldly sorrow and not a godly repentance. Paul talks about this in 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 10. He says that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. So even in our lives, we can read God's Word and sing songs to Him. We can engage in social justice issues, and we can even share the gospel, but it's possible to do all of those things without really having a changed heart. Maybe just because we feel bad. And when we feel bad, we look for the antidote to make us feel better, whether it's just having a quiet time or, or doing something out of service or whatever else. We feel bad about disobedience for a time, but because it's worldly grief and it's not godly sorrow, it doesn't lead us to repent. It doesn't produce real heart change, in other words. And so Pharaoh shows grief. But it wasn't godly grief that led to repentance and change. My second challenge to you today as we close out is consider your own grief. Consider your grief over your own sin and just ask yourself the question whether you have been led to repentance, whether there has been true heart change, or whether you're walking in the same way as you've been walking. Just as God delivered Israel from physical slavery, see, He wants to deliver us from our spiritual slavery to sin so that we can experience the joy and the freedom of walking in obedience to Him. We hope you'll join us next time for another episode of Reading Through Scripture. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.